And we are back. We are actually back. And what a Ooh. joy it is. It is what a joy. What a joy. No longer do I have to look at your face on a computer screen. I can look at your face in three-dimensional... Mm. I mean, I could have looked at it in a 3D way on a computer screen as well. Has it changed? Your face? Yeah. Um, I was thinking that earlier. I think it's got a little longer. I think it's got a little bit long in the face. Oh, right, not, not long in the tooth. Nope. Okay, long I did wonder if perhaps you've been putting your face on a rack uh, and just gently stretching it. But it looks good, as in <laughs> skin's looking taut, you know? Not oh. saggy. Right. Age defiant, Ralph. Wow, you wow. My face is longer and tauter. Yes. Your face is um, yeah. hairier. It is. Well, it's getting increasingly well, hairy. Well, <laughs> well, both hairier and not hairier. Yes, I mean, you, you, your beard's different. But your hair on your head is longer. I would say this is the third extreme shave of lock. I've had three extreme shaves of lockdown. Okay. Uh, we're petering out of the third one now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think next week we're going to go back in, and I'm thinking handlebar. I think that would be a really good look. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, do it. The thing is, your your beard grows so fast that you don't need to worry well, about about fucking up. Yeah. What I, about picking up. Um, I swore. I said the F word. Oh, whoa. Making a mistake. Whoa. And um, you could go, you know, full Charlie Chaplin. Mm. Although people might misconstrue it. Well, I mean, I think the world misconstrued it, right? Yes. Because Not the, very popular well, anymore. The reason Charlie Chaplin did The Greatest Dictator was because he was sick and tired of people saying he had a tash that was resembled a oh, really? guy. Yeah. Don't know why I feel like I can't say his name. Well, it's, it's like, uh, like, like Candyman. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Bloody Mary and Candyman. You can't look in the mirror, say, three times? Is that it? Yeah, and I don't know about Bloody Mary, but Candyman, it's the mirror three times. And we Ever don't, done it? We don't want to bring that dude back, do we? Ever done it? Especially not now. Uh, yeah, I have. Whoa. I realised it was just a film. Oh. Doesn't, doesn't happen then. And it was disappointing, because I was hoping oh. that this huge swarm of bees would come and oh, yeah, that's how he kills them, take me it? away. It might pick me up and fly me off somewhere. Oh, what a horrible thing to happen. You're looking in the mirror, then you just utter Candy six man. words. Candyman. In quick succession. Candyman. You have got a mirror. Um, and then bees come out. I mean, I'd prefer to be put on the hook, to be fair, as opposed to uh, stung to death by a colony of so angry bees. We anyway. should absolutely be doing the 10 greatest horror film villains right now, shouldn't we? Yes. Perfect intro. We're not though. We're not. No spoiler alert. Um, because we actually had a uh, a recommendation from a um, I can't say a viewer. Well, so I appreciate this. I love the uh, the little quip he put in there also. So Jack from Brighton, mm -hmm. your neck of the woods. Yes. Has said, seeing as we've all been so alienated recently, mm -hmm. I want to know what your top ten aliens are. Yes. Yes, this seems like a case for hmm. us to dig into the memory banks and Holmes and Watson. Uh, Holmes and Watson. Holmes. 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 Hom. Did you say Holmes or Holmes? Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Sounds weird, doesn't it? it? Does sound very weird. When you say words too much, they just become sounds. Yes, it's very true. Holmes. I mean, they're always sounds, really. So, well, like an om, right? And that's how they measure wattage. But, no. The, 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 the little horseshoe symbol. Yeah, an om. Yeah. Power, right? Power, voltage, Power current, voltage. CDI, current, something. Discharge. 
discharge initiative initiative wow okay so anyway yeah sherlock holmes okay investigates yes top 10 aliens <laughs> top 10 aliens okay well let's take five to come up with five yep uh and we will muddle our way through this somehow good good and we're back in the room and we are ready to carry on this this um re relaunch of society with a new outdoor podcast yes i like that um how do we do that exactly well we rebuild society via the we, strength of a podcast we play paper scissors stone ah of course we do we see who goes first yes uh then we probably outline some of the criteria yes um and then we do our list okay and the world will be a better place and the trains will just keep on coming keep on rolling baby so paper scissors stone yep are you ready yep in person yeah no delay three one two three boom that's not on three that's after three Mm. (laughs) uh okay on three Outline what on three is, as in one, two, then do it. Yes. Right, so actually, okay, so on three, yes, okay, I see how that works. Fine. One, deux, trois, paper. Une, deux, trois. Scissors. Oh, scissors beats paper, look at that. Wow. First time for everything. (laughs) How does that make you feel? Good, actually. Revitalized? Yeah, like I've I've got one up on you. I feel like, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I, I have got the higher chair. Anakin. Anakin. Yes. Yes, that famous line by Ewan McGregor. Yeah, in, um, I've got a higher chair again. It's when they went to Burger King. <laughs> and uh, there was only a couple of uh, seats at the breakfast bar. Yes. Not really called a breakfast bar, are they? What if you don't have breakfast there? <laughs> I'm not interested in your opinion. Um, um, I, I don't know, Alex. I don't go to Burger King. Well, no. Regardless, you know what a breakfast bar is. Yes. So must you have breakfast there? Can, can't have any. You can't. It's not a lunch bar or a dinner bar. Dinner bar sounds awful. Lunch bar. Yeah, because people have breakfast bars in their fancy kitchens, don't they? In your fancy kitchen. Case in point. Um, well, do you only allow yourself to have breakfast there? No, although I do eat breakfast there. Does it feel right? Does it feel more appropriate when it's breakfast? Yeah. Mmm. Oh, how strange. Interesting. Yes. So you mm. need a lunch bar and a dinner bar. I wouldn't like a dinner bar. A dinner bar sounds weird maybe you just need to change the ambience just like get some lights like have a red amber green light so red is prostitution um it is you're selling your body yeah. on the bar yeah amber is you are selling gold right and um green is breakfast why is green breakfast green is the color of the emerald sea and sailors once had breakfast on the sea no with that kind of logic i can't argue so um yeah i'm gonna rush out and change my light bulbs and uh that'll be great thank you so that's normality so yes ralph my friend number one wait what are you saying talk to me talk to me okay um so i am going to go with i'm going to start off with um a 
rather classic alien from a classic TV series. Okay. Um, and really, I'm not that big a fan of these aliens, but I'm a big fan of one particular character who happens to be one of these aliens. Oh, right. Right? Yes. So I'm going with... <laughs> I'm going with the Klingons. Ah. From Star Trek. Yes. And specifically Star Trek Next Generation. Mr. Wolf. Up until... I don't know what Klingons were like in Enterprise, but like definitely during the 90s, mm. they were that... They were the Klingons I grew up with. None of this fancy new Klingon nonsense. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that you get. And what hangers on, eh? Yeah, exactly, right. Well, I'm sure like people from the 60s probably said the same thing about the 90s, because the 60s Klingon from the original series is just a dude of heavy makeup. Yeah, very where, aggressive. Very aggressive. Mm. Um, whereas Klingons in the 90s, they have the full, you know, the giant kind of bony forehead thing yeah. going on. And... Um, uh, but in particular, the reason I like them is I like Worf. Commander or lieutenant? Um, does he start off as a lieutenant and become a commander? Possibly. Possibly. I never know which way the, the ranks go. I think commander is higher. I suppose so. That would, yeah, because you command them. You can tell we both come from a long line of military families. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Um, but yeah, so so no, I'm pretty sure that in Star Trek, at least, they end up all becoming commanders at one stage or another. Right. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Worf is obviously security officer. What I really like about him is that the Klingons are really, really angry. Right? They're an angry, aggressive species. Um, so you can relate to that. I can relate to that. Yeah. Uh, I think we all have that that hunter gatherer yeah, aggression. Yeah, yeah. They're basically they've been seen as a uh, yeah hunter gathering like a warrior tribe almost. Uh, I'm sure they're probably pretty racist because um, <laughs> uh, it was the 90s. I think we're now looking at the 90s like the 60s. In fact, the 2020s. Let's face it, the world's a mess. Um, but yes, um, <laughs> Klingons. Yeah. Um, so so Worf. Yeah is living on a starship uh-huh. with a bunch of humans and, and lots of other just wants to aliens. Around, right? Well, no, he he is constantly having to repress his his like anger oh, and his aggression. Oh, kind of animalistic instincts yeah. in a way. So right, he's constantly yeah. having to keep it all in. Yeah. And so in every episode, he's always looks like he's on the verge of losing it, and he's always like scoffing. And he he's even when he says he will do something, he's rolling his eyes like he's. Is he just up for a fight all the time? He's always up for a fight and he's always angry whenever anyone tells him what to do. And there's one episode in Star Trek Next Generation where he um, actually, everyone loses their memory and it's quite funny because he just decides that he must be the captain of the ship and oh. he just takes control and oh, then like Picard has to then prove that he's actually, oh, I see. actually the captain later. So, um, so what is it about him that you like or respect? I mean, again, we've not really outlined the criteria. Yeah, well, yeah, criteria, good point. We, we said could, we'd do that. Yeah. I, I think this could be a good one to see who would win in a fight. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not saying, because I don't think you should base your choice on who would destroy who. Yes. But I think it is a useful benchmark to say... For aliens. For aliens, who would win in a fight. Yeah, but to me, that just makes it think that... You're falling into the old cliche, Rob. You think that all aliens are hostile. They couldn't possibly want to come down here and learn or communicate or, you know, gather resources for What trading. is there to learn, Alex? What, humanity. We're a very complicated species. Aren't we just? <laughs> so, I'm not sure I... W I'm not, no, I'm not sure I... Okay, okay, all right, okay. 
Who is the best at hugs? <laughs> <laughs> well, egg will be on your face. We might choose the hug monster later on. Well, I don't know. What other criteria would you have? No, um, I think just ones we kind of enjoy. Okay, ability to tell a joke. No, I think it should be almost. Uh, a believable portrayal of an extraterrestrial species. Okay. <laughs> no, you look very blank when I said that. Well, they're all. I mean, if they're not believable, it's just a shit actor, isn't it, really? Um. Yeah, I suppose so. Okay, I don't really know. Okay. Um. Fine. So. So. Okay, cro- so what, cro- is it, what is it about? What is it about Wolfie like? What <laughs> I just said. What's the criteria that makes him uh, in your in your top spot? What is it about Wolfie like? Um, oh, I keep getting a horrible series when I think it. I wouldn't say he's in my top spot, but I'd say that it's mainly just his personality. I like how he's forcing himself to integrate with human beings. Yeah. Okay. I like how his his warrior side comes out when it when it's needed, when it's required. Mm. Um, and also, it is quite interesting how the Klingons—they are very much portrayed through the eyes of humans. So they are—they yeah. are portrayed as angry and and hostile. But yeah. when there are a couple of episodes where you do get to see the the gentler side of Klingons, right, right, right. And it is—you know—I think they they let it all out. You know, they they're very emotional, but actually they can be extremely peaceful and gentle and kind. It does seem a little bit, especially in Wolf's case, that he sort of turned his back on the Klingon race well, this is why a lot of them have um, a great deal of anger towards towards ah, Wolf because he's chosen humanity they do see him as a traitor yes Ooh. and he needs Ooh. to get more in touch with his what Klingon side mm. he's in a spock of trouble he is so anyway so that's that's my first one okay I like it yep um, throw yours into the can okay so I'm going to go with yes this is what I'm going to go with so I don't actually know what they're called but they <laughs> they're aliens useful. they're aliens and they are from the franchise Mars Attacks <laughs> but it's not a franchise is it? well yes because they're, they're, Mars Attacks were actually originally Tops trading cards back in 1962 Oh. And it's all the same art style and that kind of like 50s sort of yeah. you know, styling that goes with it. What? Yeah, because I, I actually had I had the Martians from Mars Attacks on my list. Ah, well. So you have stolen I've that stolen one. Stolen it. You uh, have top trump me there. Uh, oh, hey, very good. Tops cards, tops trumps. Uh, so obviously Tim Burton's uh, took these kind of iconic characters from these from trading cards. Um, and gave them duck quacks for their vocals, which I thought was very nice. <laughs> but what I love about them is they're mischievous. Yeah. I really, really like that about them. Uh, you know, they will, they, they're clearly a higher form of being, intelligence-wise. Yeah. Because they know how to trick humans. And there's that wonderful scene where 
they've got the voice they've got the voice box and they're just saying repeatedly over again do not run we are your friends yeah. while obliterating everyone within the vicinity yes they're and like gremlins aren't they I kind of, they are a bit like gremlins yeah mm. um, and they're just these weird little little things that <laughs> look, look <laughs> nasty yeah originally they were going to be uh, done by um, by using stop motion animation okay uh, just to give them that kind of like almost creepy, yeah, crawly aesthetic. Right. Uh, but then they decided against it. Obviously, went for CG. Um, I yeah, I just think they're they're little bastards, aren't they? Yeah, when they shoot the dove of peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but they know exactly what they're doing, and they're yeah. like, oh no, we're not, uh, we're not doing anything bad, honest. And they mm. got, literally got their like fingers crossed behind their back. Yeah. They they know, and they it's a game to them. The whole thing yeah. is a game. Yeah. I would love to. I'd love for them to have expanded the <laughs> expanded their universe and actually seen what their home planet was like. Mm. Because, and I'm referring to the film here alone, but you don't really know why they've come down except to colonize. I assume. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, is it a virulent record which finally stops them dead? I think so. <laughs> tracks. Yeah, it makes their brains makes explode. Their brains explode. Oh yeah, they're even yeah exactly. They're even shown to be more intelligent by having these giant brains on display, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's so good, man. Like Pierce, oh, Pierce I mean, Brosnan as the uh, oh, scientist. It's an amazing film. Jack oh, Nicholson. It's an amazing film, it really is. Jack Nicholson plays like about three different characters. Doesn't he? he plays um, the, president. the president. He plays that cowboy guy. Yes. I think there's another guy he plays, but I don't know. That's a very good point. Maybe it's just two. I know Johnny Depp was going to be in it, but turned it down. Shit. As was uh, Hugh Grant and uh, Susan Sarandon. But uh, yeah, no. Um, I just I like their dastardly ways. They are portrayed very much as comic bad guys, and I like that. Yeah, the proper B movie yeah, style. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But being catapulted into the nineties. And it came out just after Independence Day, I think. Uh, that's a very good point. I don't actually know. Or around the same time, I think. Um, I um I've got a I've got a story to tell. Please do. I was on holiday, and I was a young whippersnapper when this came out. Oh yeah. And I went into um, a video store. So my parents said we could rent a video out that night. So um, I uh, I went into this store and I was I was demanding. Um, you know I just went into I went straight in and I was like I want to watch Mars Attacks. I it has to be Mars Attacks and I couldn't find it. Oh no. And I remember, I remember days of video rentals. Yeah. I remember the lady was like, We don't have it here and I I threw a fit. Did you kick off? I mean I was quite I wasn't even that young. I mean I think I don't think it was out yet, but I thought it was, so it probably was around ninety six. It was ninety six it came out, yeah. Yes. So both Independence Day and Mars I was Tyson. definitely old enough to know better. Yeah. So you would thought I want this. So I, I acted like a, cry, a stroppy I'll little well, I didn't stand my feet and cry. I was too old for that. But oh. I was old enough. But I was young enough to, you know, punch things. To look quite angry and annoyed. Oh, is that um, all you did? Um, you'd made it out that you'd, you'd uh, thrown a crazy. Well, I remember throwing. I think I did storm. I think I think I storm. I think I stormed out. Oh, okay. I was like, this oh, isn't right. good enough. This service is not good enough. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we got in the end. Something. Oh, I think we got Apollo thirteen. Oh dear. Maybe. Oh, you got the rough end of the stick there, didn't you? Oh, actually, it's very good. 
I don't like Apollo 13. Really? No. I haven't seen it since then. I was like 12 years old. So. No, I'll rewatch it. It does not. No. It's bad. It's a bad film. Really? Even with Mr. Hanks? Even with Mr. Hanks. Mr. I can't do nothing wrong, Hanks. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just, got, it's just a bit boring. Well, I sorry. Doubt that's the case. Okay, well, have a little watch. See what you think. So yes, yeah, so Mars Attacks is my choice, and I would like to fly that flag. And I would say I prefer the characters of Mars Attacks to Worf. I call them. Martians. Martians. Yes, that makes sense. They're from Mars. Yeah. Yeah. So the Martians against the Klingons. Yes. Who'd win in a fight? Martians. Yeah, they're just evaporating. Yeah, they would Whatever. have some trick up their sleeve. And yeah. They'd be like, oh no, we don't have any Bachlach. And <laughs> then they produce some Bachlach and it would be <laughs> poisonous or something, wouldn't they? Okay. But they don't integrate as well with humans. <laughs> well, well, it depends. Uh, I think they integrate quite well with humans, just for their benefit. Yeah, they integrate humans with dogs. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. That. Who's that? Is that Michael, um, J. Fox. Michael J. Fox? And who's the lady? Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. Yeah, wow. Well done. Thanks. Um, okay, well, so you want to put the Martians from Mars Attacks above yep. Klingons? Time. Big time. Okay. I would allow that. I'd allow it. Um, fine. Okay, my second one. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I am gonna go with the big scary one. I'm gonna go with the Xenomorph oh, from the from Alien, Alien franchise. Well, you did uh, think outside the box with this one, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I'm gonna go with the original Alien. Okay. Maybe branching out to aliens and yeah. a, a, maybe they are all the same. Up to Alien aliens. Three, I think Alien Resurrection they begin to do oh, things that's where which they are swim. That's where yeah. Twenty-five meter badge. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that is kind of cool, but there's a point at which I just stopped watching the films. It just got silly. Yeah, it's not very good. Um, but anyway, if we go back to that original Alien, uh, we're talking 1979. Ridley Scott, um, the Xenomorphs from Xenomorph. Prime, I think their homeland is called. Is it? Yeah. I never knew that. Which is very similar to... Um, because LV246, isn't it? The planet they kind of... Oh, they were arrived, arrived on. on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just named the homeland after the alien name. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, Xenomorph means something like strange creature or something in Greek. Oh, okay. Or Latin, rather. Um, so... I did not know that. Yeah. So is that what is that so what xenophobic then? In um, you are scared of anything strange to you? Yeah, I suppose it would be. Yeah. Mm. You have a fear of anything strange to you? Um <clears throat> so Yeah, so why do I like why do I like this alien? Um I think it's just built to destroy and kill. It's basically what a wasp would be if a wasp was the size if a wasp was seven foot tall. You know? Sorry. What <laughs> Sorry, a wasp. I was reading it. It means actually means it's really interesting. So it means strange form with foul tongue. Mm. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Okay, so yeah. So essentially, I'm saying a, a xenomorph is basically what a giant wasp would be. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. If it wasn't, if it if it had evolved for another sort two of faces. two million years, two m- mouths, two mouths, one mouth inside the other, and yeah. um, evil as all hell. Um, I like, you know, I like that it comes in different shapes and sizes. Uh, like what? You got the face hugger. It's got a very specific purpose. It needs to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It needs to plant an embryo inside, um, that, or an egg inside. But it's inside a cycle, a... isn't it? It's like a tadpole turning into a frog. So it starts as an egg. And yep. from that egg hatches the xenomorph. Uh, the face hugger, sorry. Uh, no, because the face hugger plants the egg. What came first, the face hugger or the egg? The egg. Um, the, the face hugger comes out from the egg. Oh yeah, true. Yes, sorry. And then, then ingests, the and then te- uses the nutrients from the human body to mm-hmm. grow. Yeah. Drops off, but has put the embryo inside. Yeah. And that's when you get the chest burster. Yeah. Which then ultimately becomes the xenomorph. Yeah, that is correct. And um, to those of us who have seen Spaceballs, it can also tap dance and wear a hat. <laughs> so what is, uh, what is that process called when it's that sort of um, mutilation? That's not the right word. You know, the sequence. So like a, a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. Oh. And then the... You mean, what is it actually called in science? Yes. Trans- Alex, Alex finds hard science online. Um, but um, yeah, so I just think it's it, it, it's brutal. It's hard to kill. It's got acid for blood. Um, it like survives being in the blast of an engine um, when Ripley um, launches the escape craft at the end. It hangs in the exhaust. Alex has got his hand up. Transmogrification. Transmogrification. Oh, like in Red Dwarf. Yes. Uh, Good name for an album. Transmogrification. Yeah. Well, yes. Sorry, I must confess, I was not listening to you at that point. I was. Well, that's fine, Alex, because um, I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> okay. Fine. And the thousands of listeners <laughs> have heard it, so well, fall good. on you. Good. Well. Or so more what, fool you. So what is it? Again, what is it about this creature? You is it, is it, is it scary? Or what is it? Is it pure? I mean, they're very powerful, right? But pure might and so it's an extremely powerful creature, and I've just put it in there because I think it, it represents the 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 most um, sort of the alien that we've all come to. Nif- the most, I think. Oh, interesting. It's the uh, it's the primeval killing machine alien. Yes, yes, yeah. It's sad, isn't it, that in a lot of... It literally, lot dwe- of, it literally dwells in the shadows. A lot of pop culture um, and a lot of, um, you know, media influence in terms of how we view aliens is seen in a very negative way. Yeah. They're never here just to kind of... Some are. They are, and maybe my next one. Starman. Ever seen that? No. What's that? All I remember is. Please don't give me the entire synopsis. Of I won't because I don't remember it. All I remember is that is that it's it's, it's the it's in the 70s or 80s, uh-huh. and he comes down and he falls in love with someone, oh. and then he has to go home and they have to drive to the crater in Mexico. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, no, not in Mexico, in Arizona. So all he wants is a lift. Basically, yeah. <laughs> That's what we're going with there. And then he gets picked up and goes home. So he uses this poor woman. I assume it's woman. Yeah. To because you know back then, uh, to <laughs> give him a sexist. Give him a ride. Um. Yeah. 
So then go home. Yeah. Essentially. How is she well, she's very upset. I mean, she's glad he's going home to his homeland, but fundamentally... How long have they known each other? Uh, I don't know, a week? I don't buy it. Fine. So why has he come down in the first place? He just got lost on route uh, Venus or something. Um, I can't remember, Alex. See, now I actually do want to know the plot. Isn't that strange? Okay, well, Starman aside... Everyone Google Starman and watch it. Everyone okay. Google Starman. Um, okay. So... That's it. That's that's my... So where do we believe the Xenomorph to go? I think it's probably number one. Number one? Who'd win in a fight? A Xenomorph or a Martian from Mars Attacks? And who would integrate better with civilization? Well, I don't think Xenomorphs will integrate that well with civilization, if I'm honest. Uh, however, they are quite forthright. They know what they want, and they're quite powerful. <laughs> so maybe you just kind of go, "Yep, yeah, okay, fine. You, you first. Yeah. So if uh, you know, you would hold a door open for a xenomorph. I feel. So should we hold this particular door open? I think we should. Okay. Yeah. So number one. Okay, number one. Not very fun though, are they? They have. A, they're very one-track minded. I know. But look, we got a long way to go in this. No real like. Charisma. No, there's not a lot of personality. No. Oh, well, then again, we don't know them. Maybe, maybe there is. Maybe we are just seeing a biased side from the Marines. And exactly, propaganda. Yeah. And we don't even know how that film has been edited. The Wayland industry is just trying to do their best to make us against the Xenomorph. Yeah. They're trying to make us xenomorphic. They are, and that's not very nice. No, it's not. So you hit me with your next one. <laughs> Physically. Before we do this, actually, I'm going to take a break because I'm going to get some water. Okay. This is a very hot day and I think it's important to stay hydrated. So do I in these times. In these times. Uh, and then I will happily tell you my second choice. Great. Halloween 20 in front of me. It's Michael Myers in a glass. Very nice. Staring, staring out at me. Uh, so, aliens. Aliens, eh? Mm. Right. Spielberg, 77. What does that say to you? That says to me yeah. that it's, um, well, it's one of two films. Yes. Um... But do you want me to just take a... Please take a random guess. Well, I'm, I'm guessing it's E.T. You are incorrect. It's Close Encounters. Close Encounters. What year was E.T. then? Uh, I think it was before, wasn't it? Because, do you know, I have oh, a... Con- way, no, way after, 82. What are you talking about? It's the year of my birth. Okay, so I have a confession to make. You've never seen E.T. I've never seen Close Encounters of the third film. Oh, is that a fact? Yeah, so well. you need to do this without any spoilers. Okay. Well, I mean, the whole for that. This is the thing about the film. It's the there's nothing to spoil. So it's, it's a great little film. Okay. I actually rewatched it recently. Uh, re- as recent as last week. So it's fresh in my mind. Wow. Yes. So once again, uh, follows your man. <laughs> you know. 
follow easy, follow easy your man. What does one, that even mean? Well, once again, it, it follows. Uh, oh. It features Richard Dreyfus. Oh. Once again, another Spielberg Spielberg film with Dreyfus in. Is this because you watched the new film with Dreyfus? Eh? No, he's in Jaws. Yeah, I know, but there's in, there's in, there's a now new. Now against the third kind. He's in a new film, and apparently it's the spiritual successor to Close Encounters. No, it's not. Get out of town. It is. Is it out now? Oh, And I've what's more, it. it's out now. Oh, I've watched it. He's like an old man wanting to go to space. Oh, I haven't watched it. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, I will tell you what film it is. You fill the gap. Okay. Well, um, so Close Encounters of the Third Kind is exactly about what I just said <laughs> it doesn't do. Uh, so you can see I was really leading in with that one. It's, so co- it's, it's called it's Astronaut. Okay, Astronaut. Ooh, okay. Well, and Richard Dreyfuss looks like a very old man. Uh, well, he, he would be a very old man. He looks good in his older age, though. But it's a shame, though, isn't it? Why? Oh, what, yeah. He's managed to see it through to this long, or what? It's a shame he didn't die off the jaws. Oh, wow. Shame the oh, shark didn't kill him in his prime. Come on. No, not really. I'm, I, no, I, I'm sorry. I'm getting Richard Dreyfuss mixed up with the actual act with the character in the fictional film. Yes. The oh shark. my! I wouldn't even recognise him now without that beard. Yeah, you can tell it's him. Look at his face. Look at the eyes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Dead sorry. Like a dull days. Um. Yeah. So, Close Encounters is about inquisitive aliens. Hmm. They come down. It's not the first time they've been here. Yeah. Uh, the so the, the, the scale in which it works is you have the first sighting yeah then you have an encounter and then you have a close encounter so the third one is really the crescendo if you like okay so without giving too much away okay fingers the in the ears have been here well that's okay they have Mm-hmm. Taken some people. Oh. Uh, and they're returning them. Well, that's nice, isn't it? It's very nice. They've had their fill of them, and they've decided, oh, they're just noisy. I don't like these World War Two pilots. We're going to uh, we're going to swap them over. But the whole film is about people becoming borderline obsessed with uh, the encounter that they've had and whether it being like a mind probe the aliens put into them to kind of select them to be the next subjects if you like for their yeah. pleasure it's what i what i love is it's the inquisitive nature both of uh, humans and of the aliens because the way that um spielberg's done the like the way he shows the aliens in the alien uh, spacecraft is a very playful like they're full of light, lots and lots of colour, yeah. and they kind of rotate and spin around like like they're dancing. And it's a very, yeah, at no point is there any kind of threats. There's no kind of imminent danger. Uh, and uh, it's about mankind communicating with an extraterrestrial species uh, for what gains we don't know. Hmm. It's you know it's the first time they really they've really had contact. Yeah. Oh, it's a great film. I think you'd really enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know it's an all-time classic, isn't it? It is. Uh, I think it's got like ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it's fairly low on IMDb. I think maybe it's like seven. 
Okay. Which surprised me. Seven's normally pretty good. If, if, average, if you've had, right? yeah, but if you've had, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands yes, of I reviews. So. Yeah, I suppose so. I um, I tend to think it's funny how harsh we are with films. I was listening to a uh, a movie critic. Yeah. Um, use the words. You know, it's not. It's not brilliant. Yeah. It's not brilliant, but. But it does a good job. And I was like, whoa, what, are we saying that if it's not brilliant, we're not going to watch it? Because yeah, that's true. what, in what other thing do we do where something has to be brilliant? Well, but I mean, reviews don't really mean all that much anymore. They don't. Because, I mean, I don't know if you've been following the debacle uh, over the Last of Us 2 uh, reviews. No. So, people are hailing it as a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, personally, I fall into this camp. I think it is very 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 good okay. uh, but then you've got the other side of the coin where people are just saying it's lazy it's bad storytelling you know they have a problem with the protagonist uh, and as a result they are basically review bombed so it went from a 95 on Metacritic which is obviously quite the accolade to like 3.2 wow um, because of so many people just review bombing and it just went to show that well, anyone can do that you can sabotage something very easily just through reviewing. And I think if we do pay attention, it's all different. You know, there's plenty of films I like, which someone else might not like. Yeah. Short Circuit 2, for example. <laughs> Don't laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but as a... I don't know, we're kind of ingrained to look at reviews, aren't we? It's such a strange concept. Because we don't, if someone else says this is good and we know nothing about what criteria makes it good for this other person, yeah. but if someone says that this is good and enough people say that this is good, then it must be good, so I will therefore like it. And if you do start watching or playing or uh, you know, even reviews from Amazon or something, let's say you're, you're interacting with something which has got these wonderful reviews and you've got that little voice in the back of your head going, I don't really like it, I don't, I don't. Not, not really for me then you're the one who feels weird about it because you go oh I must be wrong because everyone else says it's good yeah it's very, it's very bizarre so reviews renews you know I think judge things on their own merit by what you like and take a gamble you know what? it's no fun if you just go watch the highest review films of the year you know, yeah, great. It might be lots of people like that, but you could find a little gem in there. People maybe didn't like it. Um, actually, I watched a film recently called The Vast of Sky, which is about aliens, actually, as it happens. And, you know, it was a, it was a debut film from this uh, filmmaker. Uh, the reviews on IMDb were crazy some people saying eight nine out of ten other people saying one and two and there was no middle ground it was either look, the problem mom might yeah, love it or hate it well um and it made me just think well i don't want to i don't want to listen to these i just want to watch it and judge it for myself it's the, the way it should be scenario i lose a couple of hours of my life <laughs> yeah it's fine i do that every night sleeping not hurting myself uh anyway there we go Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the aliens from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I really like them, just because I think it's a cool take, there's another another angle looking at. So I foresee them as number three in the list, how about yourself? 
Well, considering I've never seen them. Yes. It's one of these classic instances that we have. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say they're below Klingons. Okay. <laughs> wow, that was very easy. That was easy, wasn't it? You happy with that? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay, so um, I'm going to go for a very different type of alien. Okay, good. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to take you back to the 1980s. Right. How are we getting there? Um, oh, uh, we have built a time machine. Right. Um, well, I built a time machine, and you have to meet me tonight right. in a car park okay. on your skateboard. Okay, I can do that. Uh, maybe some Libyans. Ah, uh, not all of that old one again. Um, and of course, I'm talking about Back to the Future Four, where the aliens come down yeah. and Doc battles them with his steam train. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about that. Um, I am talking about um, the 1987 film starring Steve Gutenberg yes. in which I think he has a diner or a cafe or something um, and there's this big apartment block which is going to be demolished anyway mm -hmm. I can't remember the, the storyline completely but um, he somehow obtains the interests of tiny little robot things that batteries fly around batteries not included yeah. and they are actually aliens from an alien yeah. alien planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a great show. I love this film. And when I watched that film, um, when I was a little kid, I just thought it was bloody amazing. 87, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's got it's got a lot of the same cast that were in Cocoon, as I remember. Oh, yeah. Another alien film, of course. Yes, um, yes. Cocoon being uh, another sort of benevolent alien race which can give immortality to humans if we remember that so there you go there's some other nice kind aliens that integrate well um but we're not talking about cocoon because it was a bit boring but didn't steven spielberg have a hand in back these ones as well um he may have swear, um you think he produced it uh nope it was um directed by matthew robbins produced by ronald l shroy um story by mick garris can't see St I can see Steven it, it feels like a Steven Spielberg film it does, doesn't it it's very much so yeah. I don't think it quite has the polish um, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah but, but essentially you know what I remember about it is these tiny little they're almost like little drones yeah which fly around um, and just get into sort of mischief and um, do jigsaw puzzles do jigsaw puzzles and yeah solve solve problems and yeah they did, and there's just this sort of uh, bewildered old men and women uh, and the cafe, cafe owner and I just, I just think they're a cool different kind of alien so what is it about these little fellas that you enjoy so they look very cool they, they're like little mini UFOs so they've yeah. taken the idea of the alien spaceship and they've shrunk it down to the size of a sort of micro machine mic well they're a bit bigger than micro machines they're they're, they're like little model plane hot size, hop, yeah, kind of hop, hot wheel size, yeah, yeah, hot wheel size, um, and essentially there's all these benevolent alien robot creatures which go around fixing everything, and um, they actually, yeah, I think they feed on it, and one of them's pregnant, uh, and gives birth to three oh, baby yes. ones. Yes, yes, and that's the that's the one kind of pulls the heartstrings yeah. and puts the final bit of puzzle piece in at the end yeah I think so and, and it's just um, they, they 
they basically get this cafe which is about to go under and have been like destroyed by vandals and they they get business booming again and um i think they that that's just what they do they're like ratatouille i guess so yeah i feel like yeah it's been a a trope which has been done in several uh, films over the mm. years where struggling business some help from somewhere they didn't expect yeah comes to them and hey it's a success yeah and they got to thank they, they don't leave though at the end do they they are we do they go home they probably they fly out the window or something where is home like home base b and q i don't know um I don't know, Alex. They always—they <laughs> always <laughs> reminded me of uh, you know, the Transformer Soundwave. They have the little cassette tapes. Yes. They always reminded me of his cassette tapes. Mmm. And they were because they yeah you're right they were tiny weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they were cool. I like. They're them. like little Foo Fighters. Yeah. All right. Where do they go, Alex? Okay, so where do you want your DIY robots to go? Um. The only thing they have going for them, in my opinion, well, no, two things. One, they're quite cute. They are. And two, being nice. Yeah. But not much else, really. No substance to them. Oh. Like, they may be able to. Well, they're just glorified screwdrivers. Like, automated screwdrivers. That sounds a bit harsh. Well, yeah. Nice guys finish last. Nice guys finish last, indeed. So see them off. Not nice guys. Number one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What can we learn about today? So what we, what's the lesson about today? Our oh, words get back. What is the lesson? The valuable lesson we've learned today. Batteries not included is the fifth worst alien. The fifth worst alien. Okay. All right. Alex, the time is approaching for your time next bonus. Okay. Your next alien. Well, my next alien. Okay. Now, this is a long shot, I appreciate. Um, being we are of similar age, you may have noticed. Yes. But I would just like to preface this by saying, and I had no idea until I did some quick Googling uh, earlier, there were 12 seasons of this show. 12. Wow. It has a current rating, even though as we've just spoken, we don't do ratings, of 7.1 on IMDb. And it was about an American mum and son who had moved from the hustle and bustle of LA to London. And the boy was called Mike, and he befriends an alien who lives in his cupboards called Angelo and the show was called you guessed it Mike and Angelo right do you remember this show I do not oh no okay so it was on CITV or as we currently know channel 3 whatever you want to call it yeah Uh, (laughs) no one calls it channel 3 okay it was about it was basically about an alien who came from another world obviously Uh, the portal being the wardrobe in Mike's bedroom okay um, and he essentially relies on the help of Mike to understand the world that he's crashed on uh, and integrate him into life in London. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was cool, man. It was really good. Um, 
and they went on all kinds of like crazy adventures, but they never really left the house, which was interesting. So, but I think it kind of served as a bit of a, a history lesson as well, because he would always like bring back like uh, or summon historical figures from time, and then you would learn about that character. So I remember there was Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, and he what no not Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> wrong Napoleon Napoleon Bonaparte Bonaparte thank yeah. you uh, who was like loitering in their kitchen and complaining about ships or something um, wow and it was great yeah it was a great joke but he'd always walk on the ceiling and juggle that was what did what did he look memory. like he looked like a fully grown man dressed in kind of like a jester's outfit and I guess that's why he juggled kind of like Mork and Mindy wasn't he an alien yes he yeah, was yeah Mork and Mindy were aliens Oh no, Mork was the alien. Mork was the alien. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, Michelangelo. Uh, it, I cannot believe it ran from 1989 to 2000. Wow. Twelve seasons. What was I missing? I don't know really. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. They've given us a little bit of a cheeky because there's the one I knew was always in London, but they're saying uh, at the beginning of season four. He moved back to America with his dad, uh, and then it kind of all went a little bit awry. And then Angelo gets another another human to sort of help him on his quest. So really, the classic, you know, the, the, the duo where it was a four seasons. That that aligns more in my memory now. Well, but I I just I thought it was really cool the way the because uh, obviously you know it was lying with witch in the wardrobe right I mean as soon as when you were a kid and there was a wardrobe you would always kind of look it's in very it exciting yeah just in case just in case there was a portal to another world mm-hmm. and they've obviously you know still do used this <laughs> every time you and I hear it's just <laughs> like jackpot it might happen you never know um, but it was just a nice way <coughs> of them teaching the viewer about certain historical yeah Figures and facts but but more importantly, yeah. I've just now got a new life goal. Be friend, be friends with I am going to have yeah. a really big house yeah. <laughs> in the country, yeah, yeah. and I'm going to have a speakeasy that sits behind a wardrobe. Great idea for my mates. I was going to say if it's just for you, that's just you yeah. having a drink on your own. So they'll, you know, when people come over, I'll just be like, "Hey, you want to?" find me and then hide and then they have to find me and then I'm in the speakeasy. So it would only work once? No, it would only work once but it would be worth it for new new people. Yeah, it would be good. And you could, it would be like you go in there and there would be like someone playing piano. It's a very very you thing to do. Bit of jazz. Really. Yeah. I'm surprised you've not done it in Animal Crossing. Um, you still, still, still in. I don't know if that's possible. Oh, it is. A oh, secret? Yeah. yeah, you can get secret rooms. Can you? Yeah. Time. Yeah, I haven't been playing it enough recently. Um, I've been dropping off a little bit. Oh dear. How um, does Tom feel about this? Uh, I, I don't really talk to him anymore. Do you not? No. You let him do his office work. Yeah, I, I'm just too busy um, spending my money on turnips. Mm. I don't require him. We don't talk about that. Anyway, um, for those who don't know what we're talking about, don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about um, it. Mike and Angelo. Yeah, I can't. I got nothing to say. I mean, um, I can't believe you've not seen it. Ugh. I mean, okay. So there's a. Hang on. Let me let me a picture. A weird let man me... who walks on the ceiling. What? He's an alien. He looked like that. Oh, look. There he is. There's his little face. Was that his true form, or was he in disguise? 
That's in there. He really looks like someone I know as well, which is weird. Remember him? Nope. No, no recollection. Nope. What about, what about slightly creepy? What about this no. guy? What about this guy? Oh, I can't just see. Huh? No? No. Creepy man in his 40s hanging out with a 12 year old. Yeah, but he wore a waistcoat. He made it okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, nice, nice take on an alien. Basically, sure. Didn't want to kill unless actually it was quite a dark, <laughs> quite a dark turn. And he was, you know, trying to lure Mike into his wardrobe with some sweets. <laughs> like, mm, come on, do you want to come back to my uh, my dimension and uh, stroke, a, stroke a dog? <laughs> An alien dog. Wow. Um, anyway, so. Yes. I don't know, Alex. Uh, <laughs> bottom of the list. Oh, did, I'm sorry. Did, were you not listening to what I said? He can juggle uh, upside down and walk on walls. Uh, and he brought back historical figures. I heard all of that. To teach the audience, and none of that is impressing you. No. You would rather walk the ang- like the one-dimensional angry character. Okay, where do you want? I'll let you put it wherever you want it. Thanks. Number one. Back to said to the how bishop. How are we looking at the minute? How are we looking? Um, yeah. So. No. <laughs> Oh God, number five. Yeah. But she's not included. Yeah. Um, little drones. Yeah. Four closing encounters. Yeah. Weird light people. Yeah. Three angry one-dimensional Klingons. How, how has how has he gone up the ranks so quickly? <laughs> that we can sort it at the end. Yeah. Two, the Martians from Mars Attacks, yeah. and number one, Xenomorphs. Okay, so let's go beneath the instance. Okay, Angelo is his name. Angelo. Mike and Angelo. Yeah, but which is? Well, his name is Angelo. Angelo. Yeah. Angelo the alien. Oh, I see what they've done there. Mike Angel. Mr. And <laughs> Angel, yeah, I suppose. Mm. Ooh, very good. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Also, just to let the listeners know, it is available on YouTube. Check it out. I might well do the same. And then next week you'll hear me go, that was a misstep. <laughs> so we'll see. Anyway, I used to love it. Next it week. stayed in my mind, so... Okay, Alex, I'm going to switch things up a bit. Please. I am going to go with an alien that um, was around a long, long time ago, far, far, far away. Mm -hmm. Um, They have very special powers. Okay. uh, And they are able to manipulate... Well, what can't they manipulate? Time and space. Um, Well, they can. Everything. I'm talking about the Jedi, Alex. Oh, right, yeah. I was going to say the one thing they cannot manipulate is a parts trader on Tatooine. Oh, um, from episode one. Watto. True. Mm. He's impervious to their Jedi mind tricks. Yes, he was. Mm. Wow. Forgot about Watto. That's right. That's my my fact of the day. Mm, Very good. So. Okay, so the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. So the Jedi's peacekeepers. Uh, peacekeepers of the Star Wars universe. A, a bunch of sort of um, monks um, with superpowers. <coughs> so it's like. <laughs> it, I like that the, the depiction of them. Yeah. Monks with the superpowers. Yeah. The the organization um, dates back twenty five thousand years. Wow. Before the events of the very first film released in the franchise, Star Wars: A New Hope. Right. Um. And at their height, there are around a quarter of a million Jedi 
in the galaxy. Oh, right. So that was quite the massacre, old. Um, wasn't it? Old Darth uh, committed on on those nice, but pleasant folk. No, 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 no. He wasn't responsible for. He was carrying out though, wasn't he? No, but he wasn't responsible for the destruction of all the Jedi. I mean, they've been there for twenty-five thousand years. I'm assuming there'd been more wars. Saying he's a good guy now. No, I'm not saying he's a good guy, but um, I'm saying he added. Oh yeah, I'm not saying he single-handedly. I'm not saying he single-handedly yeah. killed four a million people, no. But no, but he no. um he did take down the population quite a lot. Um, but you know what, what I like about them mm. is that is I, I like the classic Jedi from the first three films. Yeah. Um, I like just the the kind of subtle things they can do, like slight Jedi mind tricks, but yeah. nothing nothing crazy. Yeah, just kind of like Darren Brown's equivalent. Yeah, yeah, basically a, a, an army of Darren Browns. Yeah. Um, and. And I, I I like their ability of a saber. Yes. I like that they could they had like this this ability to feel thoughts and feelings. They weren't able to literally um, visualize entire settings from across the galaxy, but they um, like in the new films. But they were able to settle things. But but if you were a master like Master Yoda, if you remember, he was able to conjure up a setting yeah. for Luke in um, Empire. Empire Strikes Back, where he yeah. fights. Darth, but you got the feeling that's because he was the master, right? He'd been around a long time. Um, so I, I just, I, I, they, you know, they were definitely peacekeepers and um, powerful, but kind of believable. We you don't felt really like see much evidence of them being peacekeepers, though, do we? Well, I think we do in the prequels where they all sit around trying not to, you oh, know, trying to stop going to war. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. but. Um, and they were like nice guys as well, aren't they? Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I couldn't name a Jedi I didn't. Like, I didn't really like... Um, oh, well, I mean, I suppose some of them are nice guys. Like Dooku, he was a Jedi, wasn't he? As was yeah, but, but, he was, but he was Count Dooku and he, they, became dark, they became Sith. Okay. Which is essentially the same thing. Um, Just the Dark Council. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Sith. The mm. Sith are what you know. What can, what can go wrong? Um, but there's actually a, a Jedi um, moral value system. Is there? Oh, called, called tell me. Called value theory. Value theory. Okay. Um, so, it involves various approaches that examine how, why, and to what degree humans value things, and whether the object or subject of valuing a person. No, this is just general philosophy. Right. Uh, forget that. But there, there is a Jedi moral value system, um, which is about purity of thought and detachment, detachment of emotions as essential to enlightenment. So essentially, they are they are monks and they are right. they are they're Buddhist monks essentially. Right. But they, they do have you know, um, fear is the path to the dark side. Yeah. yeah Anger yeah. leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Suffering leads to prequels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sequels. So. That's it, really. <laughs> well, thanks for illustrating such a the Jedi. valid point. Basically, I really like I really like Luke's green lightsaber from yeah, Return of the this Jedi. Is all you're going for. And you see, I never, I would obviously, I understand they're not from Earth, but because they have human characteristics, I just don't regard them as aliens. Or <laughs> Angelo, Alex. Uh, he can go on the ceiling and juggle and bring back historical figures. Great. Does Luke live in a wardrobe? No. No, he sleeps in a bed like all the rest of us. 
true. I don't know. Did you did you ever? So when you were watching, I'm intrigued. When you were a kid and you were watching these films, were you thinking these people were aliens? No. Like these characters were aliens. No. But no. you'd obviously see like Jabba the Hutt and you'd be like, he's an alien. Yes. Because he displays kind of alien manifestations. It's weird because Han Solo is basically an alien. Well, everyone is in the film. Yeah. Because they're not from, quote unquote, Earth. They're not. Um, but yet. <laughs> Han Solo is a man. He is. is he not? <laughs> he is. Just a man not from Earth. Where's he from? Uh, good. Uh, I do. We do know this. Question. It was, it was brought up in the, the Solo movie, which no doubt you didn't like. Uh, no, I thought it was okay. I really liked it. Well, the, the main the main actor looked nothing like Han Solo. That was the problem. He was far too good looking. He is from the planet. Corelia, Corelia. Yeah, of course it is. Of course he is. Um, Corellian. Yeah, he's a, oh, he's a member of the Corellian royalty. Is he actually a member of royalty? Oh, they always end up being royal, don't they? Yeah, they do. So, who was your favourite Jedi? My favourite Jedi? Or Dark Lord. A- anyone. Or Dark God. Um, oh, it's Luke, isn't it? Come on. Any particular film? Uh, he's my favourite in Empire, but Empire is not my favourite film, as you know. Cool. Um, okay, so... It's the honk from one of my fans there, agreeing, yeah. agreeing yeah. with me there. Thank you. Little plus well. one there. Um, <laughs> I, I think I genuinely would go with Darth Vader. Would you? Yeah. Why? Because I just think he's the most powerful Jedi of all time. It's all about power, aren't Yeah, basically. Power and fear. What it's I love, what I love about Darth is that yeah. when he fights Luke in Empire Strikes Back, he does it with one hand. Oh, he does, yeah. He's just, he's, it's easy. Perchance foreshadowing he, 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 what is about to happen. Yes. Mm. He even says, "All too easy." Yes, he does. And um, also, he's a impressive. seven-foot grown man. Most impressive. And Luke is what, like, 17? No, Empire, he's a bit older. He's probably more like 20. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah, no, he's he's kind of... Still a whippersnapper. But I still don't know if he's even at the height of his power. He's getting on a bit, even in Empire Strikes Back. not. He's yet. a middle-aged... And by the time they get to Return of the Jedi, that is an old man Darth. Yeah. He is not at the height of his powers. No. Um, so I think we have to let that go. So when he loses to Luke, A, his heart's not in it. No. Because he's conflicted. Yes. And he kind of wants to lose on a subconscious of course, level, of course. Um, and um, and he actually lets himself die really because he wants to become he wants to do the whole Jedi thing where you can much become a um, spirit. Much like uh, Obi Obi Wan and Luke, Luke does it as well. They all do yeah, it, of course they do, and they all yeah. live as one big spirit, Casper However, the friendly ghost family. Luke's uh, exit to the gift shop was uh, particular tragedy of that film wasn't it just fell off a rock <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh, anyway dear. we, we won't, won't go, go there that route. okay so Jedi well I like the idea you've made me think of them in a different light um, who would win in a fight a xenomorph or a Jedi based on the fact there were 25 or 250,000 Jedi no, 250,000 years ago, you said. Okay, the Xenomorph from... Right, okay, given that, given that so many Jedi have died at the hands of 
non-Jedi no. over the years. Well, presumably. Yes, but there's, they w- there's got to have at least been one. That yeah, I guess they were. Yeah, stormtroopers. Because he tried to use the force to get the Twiglets. Fucked up. And then he decided, oh, I'll put my hand up, and then. Yeah, maybe. Uh oh. True. So I'm gonna say it as evil. See, I reckon Return of the Jedi Luke would slice that head well, off. Actually, if you think of a lightsaber, the fight's already been had because he fights the um, Rancor. Yeah, that's nothing like a. It's kind of like a xenomorph. It's got the right size proportions. Maybe it's not as agile. It's bigger. It's not as agile. It hasn't got acid for blood. No, but it has something, doesn't it? Because it Luke touches it, there's acid. Oh, maybe. Okay, so where does it go? Oh. Where do they go? Well, the. Jedi. Above the Klingons? <laughs> yes, they go above Klingons, that's for sure. Above Martians? No. Oh, hello. Alright. Sandwich them in between. Alright. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Three more to go. So this will be my penultimate. Yeah. Uh, I'll do this one, then we'll have a break. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I'm going to talk to you about aliens, not from any film. Oh. TV sitcom you might be familiar with. But a little video game called Half-Life. Okay. familiar with this masterpiece? I am, indeed. Don't care about the reviews? Actually, I think the reviews will agree. It's it's a masterpiece. So, the Vortigans who are essentially slaves from the planet Zen that the humans have set free throughout their scientific experiments by creating the transporter to their home planet of Zen, right? Yeah. Um, and not much is really ever known about them. You get snippets, you know that they're helping the humans, uh, especially in the later games, you, you know that they are trying to help the free man because they are themselves now free men um, and again it's this inquisitive nature and they're using their superior intellect to help not hinder and I think this is a theme I quite enjoy when looking at aliens I don't want them to be sinister I don't want them to be scared of another species coming down I like the idea of us kind of all working together to create something beautiful God, you're such a bloody... So why don't you right? just go back in the 70s and put your flares on and your <laughs> world peace signs and get out there and, you know, try and end... Put flowers in the barrels of guns. Yeah. Wouldn't work. Um, yeah, so uh, I think they're really well... They're really well scripted. Um, they are kind of... They're side characters through and through, but they appear all the time. And actually, to start with, in the first game... You are killing them. Yeah, that's the only one I've played is the first game. Ah, okay, fine. So, yeah, so they're hostile. But that's because they are slaves and they've been transported to this world. They do not know what's going on. So they think, oh god, fight or flight. I'll use my green sludge to fire these projectiles and hopefully save my skin. Um, But then the humans are working with them. And then, as as I say, as the game goes on, as the franchise goes on, they become um, your ally. And I think that's a really cool character arc, and um, that is why I believe they're worthy of this status of Ghost Fighting. 
so they, they score well on two sides. They can integrate well with humans. Absolutely. And they can also they kick fight. butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't look very nice. No. They've kind of got this Cyclopean vibe going on. Um, powerful, powerful. Both in strength and conviction. <laughs> uh, it was cool actually because replaying, um, or say replaying, playing Black Mesa, which was the kind of fan made Half Blood game, which came 15 years later. Uh, they, The team that made that game redid the entirety of the, the final, you know, the third chapter, if you like, in, in Zen. Because the original was, yeah, it's kind of a, a bit of a joke in video games. It's rubbish, history. isn't it? It's terrible. Because that's where I remember being like, what is this? Um, it became like a platform game where oh, you're just jumping on weird floating islands. Uh, it kind of loses all momentum. Uh, you, Yeah, it, like you say, it becomes a platform game. And the fact that they've gone back and rewritten that wrong, just superb. And again, you get more of an insight into why these uh, water guns are here, what they're doing, or, 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 or Vortes, as they're known. Mm-hmm. Um, and you um, you get a more of an understanding about their their background and how that they were slaves, uh, and you get more empathy, I suppose, for them. Uh, yeah. So then. Okay. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel that they should score highly. Um, I don't know them that well because so I haven't played Half Life since about 1998 or whenever it came out. How did you Um So it's hard for me to really feel invested. Right. Uh, but I'm happy to put them wherever you want, mate. Oh. Thank you. Very kind of you. Yeah. Um, Alright, well, let's not be silly about it. I mean, you know, they're not, they're not with the big bad. Okay. Uh, they're in the middle of the pack, so it's a number four, maybe? What are, what's the number four currently? <laughs> Klingons. <laughs> Seems to be the benchmark. Number four. Okay. Move those guys down. Vortigons. Vortigons, yes. Okay, and this is my last one. Yeah. Holy moly, the time has flown Hasn't it? Yeah, by. It's like the wind. So I think I've got to go with this one because. I feel like it needs to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got another one I can have as a honourable mention later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going back to 1987. Yep. Uh, we're going to the jungle. Oh. We got fun in games. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Some kind of game with it. Yeah. Uh, and a particular alien which doesn't integrate well again. <laughs> no. <laughs> in fact, uh, he sees human beings as fair game. And. Um, uh, and he likes to take their skulls and spines and hang them on his wall as a trophy. Yes. Or even around his neck, I think, sometimes. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about the Predator alien. So again, I'm going back to the original film with your man, um, Carl Weathers, of course. Yes. Plus that other guy, what's his name? Uh, oh, yeah, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold um, and of course, who can forget Jesse the Body Ventura? Uh, who, who does he play? Uh, he plays Jesse Ventura plays Blaine. Minigun guy. Minigun guy. Minigun guy. And I think he's chewing tobacco quite a lot. Yeah, they uh, all are, right? They're all just roided up dudes. Yeah, it's a, it's a oh, what film? But it is 
phenomenal yeah. film yeah. and and the score is amazing yes go back and listen to the music okay it is so so good um and quite dark i think if you listen to the if you listen to the soundtrack on its own i think you'd be like wow this is quite a serious dark film yeah. but there's something about those characters and those actors where it's not too serious it's just on a level yeah it's just expertly done anyway it's not really about the film it's about the the alien about so the alien the predator so the predator he on his own he's, I think he stands about seven foot tall um not not his real name presumably the actual name of the alien itself yeah because the predator is obviously because he is a predator uh that's a good question let's have a look um i don't ever find that Predator alien name. Alien race name. Yes. Oh, I did know this actually. I just couldn't read my own handwriting. Yautja. Oh, Yautja. Yeah, Y A U T J A. Extraterrestrial species featured in Predator science fiction franchise. Yep, then. That, that's that's all you need to know. Um, so, so, yeah, it stands about seven foot tall without any armor or anything or any weapons it's got these weird like pincer mouth thing yeah um, yeah not very not very pretty pretty guy uh but very strong you know Arnold Schwarzenegger he, he works out in the gym he works out yep. but he, he can't he can't go toe to toe with this this no. beast um then I do love that he tries <laughs> he does try then add on the technology it has like the infrared yeah um or does it just see an infrared it just sees an infrared Seasoning. Right, but, it, but it can switch yeah. So it has three different uh, visual modes, right? Yeah, so it's kind of, it's, it's embraced technology. Yeah. It's got these, like, all kinds of different guns it can use. Um, I think it likes to try and, it likes to hunt human beings for the sport. So it doesn't yeah. overpower itself. Yeah. has just enough to make it a challenge. So the reason Alien, going back to Alien, yeah. quite nicely full circle. The reason Aliens, or Xenomorphs, were made mm. was to be a sport for predators because all the other species were too easy. Yeah. And so they wanted to provide a challenge and then it all got a bit out of hand. <sighs> and what were they thinking by giving it acid blood? Surely they're going, oh, that's a mistake. They kind of like, the predator species, the Yaucha, they're kind of like, the Yaucha, where maybe... You think of tea, I don't know why. Yeah, it's kind of like where... Tea? I feel like that's maybe where oh, the Klingon... Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where the Klingons will end up, you know, if they don't watch out. Like the outcher. Yeah. Yeah, all full of honour and hunting. Yeah. On the on the racks. Uh bog off. And um Yeah, it's a it's a a, a powerful breed of alien allies. I feel like you've really lost the the uh, the love for what brought you to this point. Well what brought me to this point, um was everything I just said. Uh <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't count any of the sequels. I, look, I like that he got a cloaking device yeah, as well. That's good, that's good. I, I like that he essentially nukes himself at the end of a nuclear bomb. Yeah. I like that he he records their voices and can play them back. Is that and because he's won and that so he's lost and that's why he's happy to to end it? Yeah. It's just like fair enough, but yeah. I'm still going to take you out. Yeah. Know? It's like. And he does that really menacing like ah. Well, he he's using the recordings of the other That's right. the other yeah. characters, yeah. Um, and 
Yeah. Such an iconic character that you'd think that any anything they've done past the first film would have been good. Well, Predators 2, I always quite like that. Predators 2 is okay. Danny Glover. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Danny Glover's kind of the ultimate alien. alien no, I'm not interested. Not interested. Not there was interested. a new Predator as well, wasn't there? I, I don't know. I didn't. I never watched it. Yeah, he's called like Predator Rising or something like that. Yeah. Apparently, there was a dog predator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's when you know that film franchises oh, have. Oh, uh, that's when you know. That's when you know. Had their day. Downhill, right? Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, <laughs> who would win in a fight? Xenomorph or the Predator? Well, I mean, it's an ongoing. It's an ongoing struggle, well, really. Well, we know the answer to it. They've, yeah, you just have to look at Predator 2, where there is the head of an alien in their spacecraft. Very good point. So, but are you are you saying that... Because the Predator, it's not got no depth to it. It's just a killing machine. It's the same as a Xenomorph, you think about it. I mean, you don't really ever see... never really pauses for reflection, or tries to do anything other than just hunt. Very one-dimensional. Very Neanderthal. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think Neanderthals are a much more advanced civilization than we realise, Alex. So maybe. You maybe. should take that back. They have targeting laser, laser beams and cloaking devices. Mm. Okay, so... Where do you think he sits? I assume it's a heat. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're asexual. Yeah. Um... Above or below the Xenomorph? Well, it's got to go above. Oh, really? You think above? Well, if you can kill it in a fight. <laughs> I <laughs> love that we... Well, neither of them can integrate well with human beings, can they? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, the Predator can record stuff so he can understand... Uh, okay. Get the, ...get the language down. Well, that, yeah, that makes that the is... trouble to, yeah, then he scores, to come to Earth. Then he goes above a Xenomorph, then. I could see a, I could see a predator kind of being quite good in the service trade. Or I thought you were going to say quite good in the sack then. <laughs> I thought you'd gone like old school 1980s <laughs> sitcom. Yeah, how would that work? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Final one. Your final one. This is it. Here we go. This is where. Get the big boy out. Tides change, and I'm. You probably not. I'm probably not aware of it, but hey, cares. Great. About it anyway. Okay, well, John Wyndham. Familiar with his works? John Wyndham? Um, the name's ringing a bell. Does it ring a bell in terms of Day of the Triffids? Oh, ah, Day of the Triffids. Um, did I ever watch that? I think I only ever saw parts of that film. Well, the author, yeah. John Wyndham, Yep. Wrote Day of the Triffids. Right, the original was was it like a short story or was it a novel or? It was a full on full on novel. Okay. He also did the Midwitch Cuckoos. Okay, yes, my 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 father goes on about this film. Uh, okay, which then turned into Children of the Corn. Right. Eighties horror. Uh, I So before any of that, back in oh actually no, it wasn't before it was after Day of the Triffids. Twenty five years. 1953 was the year, and John Wyndham put a book out called The Cracking Wakes. Okay, I've never read this. Okay, so it's a fantastic little sci-fi uh, book. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, to my mind, there's not been any adaptations of it ever done, I don't think. I think it would work very well on screen, but no one's dared to pick up the mantle. So it's essentially a escalating or a series of escalating phases uh, that appears to be an invasion of Earth by aliens. Okay. And it's told by a guy called uh, Mike and his wife Phyllis, who are both kind of reporters for the uh, back in the day the EBC, which was an English broadcasting company, as okay. opposed to the BBC. Um, uh, it starts off where. Essentially, a bunch of sailors and um, people on the high seas are uh, witness to lights in the water and they see debris uh, go into the water and everyone's a bit like, oh, what's that? Then fast forward a few years later and um, ships, like naval ships and whatnot, get uh, taken from the, the depths of the sea and dragged down. Um, there's a bit of mass hysteria, as you would imagine, during the kind of the naval fleets. And they decide, right, there's something down there, we don't know what it is. I think it's in the Mariana Trench, which is the deepest part of the ocean, right? Yeah. So that's where they're kind of like hiding out. Um, and they kind of decide, right, we're going to nuke it, because that's the first thing we do. what you do, yeah. Especially back in those days. That was the kind of go to solution. It probably thought it was the Russians. It, well, they did, yes, they did. We did think it was the Russians. Um, because obviously it's quite an unbelievable. The thing that's so good about this book is it surfs reality or realism and fantasy so well. <laughs> the irony is that fools rush in. Oh, very good, yes. Um, anyway, uh, they quickly realised that the nuclear blast isn't going to stop them. Um, never does, does it? Never does. When was the, When is a nuclear blast ever killed an alien? <laughs> True. Uh, Independence Day? Yeah. Like, that's got a nuke on board, right? Is that when they, they fly inside, do they nuke it from the inside? Yeah, so in the words of my generation. Like, yeah, it's always about finding the inner access point, like in Death Star, I suppose. Mm. Um, anyway, fast forward again. I think this time it's only like five years and kind of people the mass hysteria is still there but people are a bit like oh yeah whatever you know whatever nothing then the uh the aliens that have been under the waves come to the surface in forms of like these amorphous kind of sea tanks they called and they come onto the land and um, they've got very, like covert ops basically and they take down entire towns and whatnot and it, first it happens far from home, uh, just set in the UK, but it, it's happening over in like Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. And I think Alfred Bitchock's going to tell us something. Yeah. Uh, and then it becomes, you know, a uh, close home to talking like the coast of Cornwall in Devon, but the water's a little too shallow, but well, that's what I think, but they get around it. Okay, Alex, are you going to tell me the entire film? Well, probably, but I mean, it's a book. So everything's a film. Everything's a film. The book's a film. Waiting to happen. Uh, but it's very good. But so this is so you know my list so far. I <laughs> my list. I love nature. I love nature. So do I. My list so far has focused mainly on characters who come down and try and help. Predominantly, I mean, Mar the Martians, the Mars Attacks, and the Micro <laughs> These guys are the real McCoy, they are badass. Okay. They have bided their time, 
they have made sure that they have got enough force in numbers and they are ready to do some serious damage and basically take over the world. And I respect them, frankly. Well, it sounds like a film waiting to happen. It does. I'm amazed there hasn't been a film. There hasn't been a... What's uh, it called again? It's called The Kraken Wakes, and it's a reference to uh, Tennyson's sonnet called The Kraken. Right. Yes. So there's been, you know, obviously the Kraken being a kind of mysterious sea... sea uh, yes. Magpies. magpies. They're magpies. This, this is the sound of magpies, everyone. I don't know what they're trying to communicate to each other. Maybe they're, they're arguing over silver? Yeah, they like shiny things, don't they? Yeah. But I mean, I've always kind of questioned that because there was always like, the cartoon depictions of like a magpie hauling back like cutlery or something to their nest. Yeah. I don't think they can carry such items. No, they, I mean, tin foil. Yeah. Great, who's going to miss a bit of tinfoil? Go, go for your life. But you don't have to bleat on about it. A coin? They don't steal a coin, I reckon. Yeah, can they swallow it? No, they wouldn't eat it. they just put it in their nest. They'd they put it up with a beak. Yeah, and it's just, just to impress their, their mates, mates, isn't it? Every time I bring... Well, I suppose it's like humans. You've got a lot of money. That impresses your mate. Well, it depends how shallow they are, mate. Oh, well, yeah, it does. Uh, so, no, it's never been... Uh, they did a radio broadcast of it. I bet that was bloody good. I bet it was. Because there's something, isn't there something eerie about like radio, yeah. radio story like oh, yeah. versions? Like. Especially set during like Cold War kind of era, right? Yeah, it's all kicking off. Yeah. Okay. So, so I w- first and foremost, I would highly recommend you read it. I think you'd really enjoy it. Uh, I have a copy if you would like to buy it. You are of a loss of things to read. I have so many books to get through, Fine. Um, but I definitely will. But maybe not. Maybe not this time. Oh, I wasn't offering it this time. Was I? At no point did I say you can take it home with you today. No. It's just he's like you have me on the end of a I string. Know. I am your yo-yo Kate Bush Dangling saying about me. of excitement across your eye. Don't anymore. Ralph. Let's take five. Let's hold on. This well, we, we need to place it first. What Ralph, is it? Let's pl- okay, let's place it. Well, hold on. You, you talked about the film. What, what is, is the no actual... <laughs> talked about the book. What is the actual alien? It's the sea creatures. But do you see them? No. Well, no, it's a book, Ralph. Well, how do you know that that's not all in their imagination and it's just some, you know, some... I don't know, like some kind of whirlpool, which is a naturally occurring phenomena. Because they come on board the land and start like... But they never see them. Well, yeah, the characters see them. Oh, okay. I don't see them <laughs> because it's a book. <laughs> I see them in you my mind. You see them in your mind, though. Yeah, true. Okay, well, okay so what do they me, look like? Describe what me, one looks like. they look like big black silicon ice cubes. That's what they look like to me. Okay, so then at number 10. <laughs> the big black silicon ice cubes. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm impressed that they can pull ships down to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. But I'm not impressed with what they look like. Well, you, but that's my interpretation. You may have a different interpretation. They, they call them sea tanks. So I'm assuming, think of a tank. Okay, well, where would you like them to go? Well, 
above Goonies. <laughs> no, uh, I'm like let's go the lower half. I think they're I think they're very interesting, but not enough is told about them. It's more about the perspective okay. of the humans. I'm putting them at number nine. For okay. Now. Um, black cubes. Okay, so <laughs> so let's take a couple of minutes. Yeah. Go through. Yeah. Argue. Yeah. Perhaps fight to the death. Yeah. Uh, come back and tell the good people how this is going to go down. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. We're doing 10 to 1, gonna have fun. Gonna have fun, <laughs> okay. Grab your gun, it's 10 to 1. Lost it in the air without a care. Right, number 10. The little alien robot things from Batteries Not Included. Jigsaw, oh, a dissectologist. Number 9, the black tank cube things from the Kraken book. I think you should read it, I think you'd enjoy it. John Wyndham, great writer, author. Eight close encounters of the third kind um, light alien beings. Yeah, like them. Seven Angelo from some weird children's TV show. <laughs> He's good. He can juggle and go upside down on the wall at the same time. Okay. Six the Klingons, mm. especially Worf, yeah. chief of security. Just yeah, sure. Five five is the Vortigons. From Half Life. Free, yeah, free man. Yeah. Four is the Jedi. Saber this moment. Uh, three is the one and only Xenomorph. Bad breath. Alatosius Harry. Number two is Predator or the Yaucha. The Yaucha, Yaucha, Yaucha team. Yeah. And then at number one, we have rejigged. We have. The Martians from Mars Attacks, because they're so sassy, baby. And they're so classic, right? I mean, if you think about it, like the original aliens coming down are Martians. Yeah. So, yeah, damn right. I think they deserve the place. I so do they've, I. They've, they've paid their dues. They've studied us. They tricked us. I like them. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, honourable mentions? mentions? Certainly do, Ralph. Certainly do. Uh, an honourable mention goes to Krang from the Turtles. Yes. Great alien. Wow, yeah. Um, Pink Blumange. Pink Blumange. Well, he's got three kind of forms, right? He's got the walking brain thing that mm -hmm. he's in. Don't know how that really works. Um, then he's got the nameless body suit. Yeah. Uh, and then Super Krang. What does Super Krang look like him? I think he was like a lizard, right? Can't really remember. It's like a Power Rangers y thing. Okay. Uh, then I would also say the invaders from the uh, World's End, which is part of the Cornetto trilogy, which is uh, Frost, Peg, and Wright. Okay. Uh, they're good. Obviously, a direct lift of Invasion of Body Snatchers, that entire film, but they're good, pretty scary, and going along the whole kind of relentless, scary creatures, I will go for the Hunters in Attack the Block from the Joe Corner. Haven't seen that. Haven't seen that. Um, Very good. So, so uh, yeah, just a couple. Um, Critters. Oh, nice. Again, another 80s alien franchise, yeah, yeah. B-movie. Um, I just love how they run amok, Gremlin style. Just mischief Critters, right? 
all they want. Yeah, yeah. Right, and they got teeth and they kill humans. Yeah. Not they very roll nice. in big balls as well. So yeah, like hedgehogs. And then, um, yeah, a bit of a uh, throwback. Um, Quatermass and the Pit. So, What's that? Quatermass and the Pit was a um, it was a TV series and a film from the 60s. Uh, and I watched, um, I think I watched like a BBC special when I was a kid, which my dad um, got because right. he, he loved it when he was a kid. And it scared, it scared me more than anything I've ever seen in my life. Right. Yeah, and and just this this is the the prospect, right? Basically, yeah. the aliens in this um, have been unearthed. They're building a new tube station, right? The aliens or humans? Humans, right. and they find this weird metal sort of container, right? And they dig and they get into it, and it's essentially it's an old alien spacecraft which has been buried for like millions of years. Oh, okay. But it contains these like essentially, essentially they they've taken insects and made the insects look big that's what they did in the 60s but these like locust looking aliens right and they like stuck bits of insects so these very but they were like they were dead so they were almost like fossils so it all kind of worked right, weirdly right 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 and um but they maintained essentially the spaceship was haunted oh my god right by the dead aliens oh spirits god and there's a guy one of the one of the guys who went down there got possessed yeah. by the alien spirit and then runs around saying he's the devil and I watched that when I was about 10 wow that's going to put you off and, it, and to be fair to my dad it was a PG right quite a mass in the pit yeah but there's something about it being 60s black and white yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it may have even been 50s and the music and I really want to I, I think I still have the VHS but I'm still having anything to play it on probably come out in about a month's time so quite a mass in the pit does not sound like something I want to sit down and watch no honest. no um but I think it'd be fascinating to watch it now. I think they could really remake that and make it a really cool film. So anyway, so that's it, Alex. That's the list. I mean, if you enjoyed that as much as we have, um, <laughs> then then you know you know to share our podcast with all your friends. Please do, please do. Follow us on Twitter mm-hmm. um, at mylistcast, and uh, we've got a we've also got an Instagram page now. Yeah, what's the name of our Instagram account? Alex? Uh, it is called at the listcast. Okay, nice, straightforward. Straightforward, uh, you know what you're getting. I will be, well, we will be posting all sorts. All sorts. All sorts. All the time. Yeah, so um, check that out. And uh, we'll see you another day, another yep. time, another right. place. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, until next time. Until next time. The truth is out there. It is. It? Live long and prosper.